Upworthy Weekly, delivering the best of humanity every Saturday. Here's your hosts, Allison Rosen and Todd Perry. Hello, it's the Upworthy Weekly Podcast. My name is Todd Perry, a staff writer here at Upworthy. And with me is Allison Rosen. You know her from the super popular podcast. Allison Rosen is your new best friend. How's it going, Allison? Good. How are you doing, Todd Perry? I'm doing pretty good. Um, I got to say, because, you know, the big the big date's coming up. The, 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 the old 3-1? The old 10 slash 3-1? Is that what you're talking about? No, you know, Allison. Come on. I do. The big date. The big date. Yeah, it's big. It's big. I, the, the old twelve slash you... two five. I can't believe I'm forgetting the big date. What's the big date, Todd? Well, this is our fifty-first show. Okay, I didn't. I didn't know that. I didn't receive so, okay, so any the... sort of evite about it. Well, I just figured that you cared enough that you would realize that next week is our year anniversary <gasps> oh doing god. Upworthy Weekly. Oh my god. How has a year uh, gone? Oh my word. Wow. To me, we started this like four months ago. No, it's going to be a year. Okay, okay, I know wow. what. You're acting surprised because you had some gift that <laughs> was in the mail you wanted oh, no. to send me because you knew I like peonies. And you knew the peonies would arrive and say, oh, what a wonderful year it's been, yes, Todd. I this can't. is a Here's- ruse. Mm-hmm. This is all part of my big plan, and you are walking right into it. It's all working as planned. Mm-hmm. That's exactly one year, which means like one, means like five years since we first started talking about doing the show. I know. <laughs> that's crazy. And even when you said it's 51, it's still, it still, I didn't, I didn't put it together. That means 52. Wow. What are we going to do for our year anniversary? I don't know. I got to look that up. Like, is it, is that like a gold anniversary right. or, like or like paper, rope, wrench, rock, <laughs> geode. Wow. We've been yeah. brightening people's Saturdays for an entire year. That's I know. truly what a gift. What a gift to the world. And you know what? This is free. This is free. It's free. I know. But you know what? We, as a way of saying thank you, what we need you to do is leave us more reviews, please. Let let us know. Let everyone know how you feel about the podcast, especially if it's positive, please. Five stars. Thank you. Go do that right now. You know, I think it could be like a year in review. Review. Yes. Be like, hey, you know what? I started listening to this show a year ago, and it started off kind of lame. I got to be honest. I was yeah. just listening because I kind of like Allison. Mm-hmm. And then at a certain point, it actually got listenable, right? And then you guys did that one show that was like just 10 things that made me smile, and that show wasn't very good. Mm-hmm. And then they just go through it, and then you're like, oh, but wow, ending strong with all the you know Halloween stuff. And the bit where Todd brandished a butcher knife on Allison during the show. Loved all that. Via you know. Zoom, make that clear. Yeah, there was a, you know, la- our show last week, I felt was very funny at times, not particularly upworthy. And I want to post a clip on my social media, but I'm afraid that we'll both get fired. I don't know. I mean, I'm not officially hired, so I don't know if I can get fired, but I feel like they'll fire you and then I'll just be like part of it. I'll be like in the site. 
I'll be in a, you're in like a weenie mobile and I'm in a sidecar. I don't know what kind of vehicle this is. It's a weenie mobile with a sidecar. And then you're going down and you're taking me with you. And so I think that we just don't. Yeah, I think that bringing this up at the beginning of the show when potentially somebody from Upworthy might be listening. Like, the, the, the knife bit was at the back end of last episode. You brought okay? it up. Like, on today's show. <laughs> we, had, we had that year. We'll always have that year. <laughs> of which 99% of it was completely yes, Upworthy. Yes, yes. Focus on the 99 but then there's this thing, this cultural thing called Halloween that we'd be remiss. remiss. Thank you. And there's nothing non-zeitgeisty about being remiss. No. On today's show, we're going to continue with the Halloween theme. And we have a guest, Patrick Hamilton from the Kill by Kill podcast, who's going to share some recommendations for Halloween movies that are actually upworthy. Can you believe it? Not really. Uh, we're also going to be uh, talking about what lurks in America's kitchens, funeral handouts, and a lot more. So, Allison. Yes. What do we have on the 51st episode wow. of Upworthy Weekly? All right. My God. My gosh. It's like the penultimate before our annual, first annual episode. Am I using those words right? I don't know. So listen to this story. I love this. A hilarious grandma has Ouija boards distributed at her funeral. Uh, and her granddaughter posted this on Twitter. And it has gone viral. Over 400,000 likes already. And by the time people hear this, it'll be probably be many, many more, many, many more retweets. Uh, so at her funeral, there were these cards distributed. And the bottom half of the card has a picture of a Ouija board. And then the top half has, uh, a, uh, it's in, in, you know, bold writing. It says, let's keep in touch. And it is a picture of the grandmother sticking out her tongue and giving the camera the finger. And uh, people are just loving this, you know, and why wouldn't you? And then her granddaughter, whose name is Gracie Perryman, wrote, received this at my grand grandma's funeral. What an icon. And uh, it's hilarious. And I love it. You know, it it puts a smile on your face and it kind of makes light of death and it, you know, I love the idea of something that makes you laugh at something that's such a, a tough gathering, you know? Uh, yeah, I just love it. So, and so does everyone else. You know, it's also a great invitation because it's like saying, look, if there's a shot, mm -hmm. I'll be there. Yeah. You know, like, I always wondered that, like, you know, if I died before I went, if I had the ability to really, you know, telegraph my own death, mm -hmm. uh, that I would let everybody know, like, look, here's how I'm going to reach out from the beyond. Like, if, if, like, the lights flicker off, it'll be, like, three flickers. That okay. That's how you know it's Todd. If it's four, I don't know, maybe not some you. old uncle you had. Yeah, right. Not me. But then you go, oh, that was Todd, instead of you're, like, you know, wondering whether it was me or not. Right. You know? Um, and you think it works that way that you have you get to choose what your messages are going to be? I think so. I think if you you, you make an intention of it, mm. you know, and I think if you you know use the secret or whatever that'll probably help. <laughs> um, also, or it could be like if you go and there's like an empty beer can like in your six pack. No, yeah, that like the that ghost me. of Todd 
rolled through right. and had a Coors Light. Right, know? right. When I go, if you walk into a restroom and someone forgot to flush the toilet, that was me. <laughs> it was the ghost of Allison. <laughs> it's, and by the way, that it's would... not any message. It's just I forgot. Sometimes I forget and it's, uh, I'm sorry. Well, you know, I do it all the time, but it's not forgetting. It's just, you know, to be water conscious. I know. there is Yeah. Know? There's a real environmental component to it. And I, and, and I, which, which I appreciate, but I just sometimes feel like, look, I'm just going to be back here in like, cause I've had two kids, you know, I'm just going to be back here in like 16 minutes. Why go through all the yeah. like, Psh, it's loud and you know. I'll be seeing you in a couple minutes. I'll just, you know, just let just let it ride. Yeah. What's you know, I was deal? thinking, we, we've talked on the show about how we need kind of a panel in the background of the show yeah. that we could check in with, like, you know, a rabbi for spiritual matters, a psychologist, so that when we say, when we talk about medical things, we're not completely wrong and we mm-hmm. can go back to it. I was thinking something like a, I don't know, you call him a spiritualist or some kind of person that's in touch with the beyond. So we can ask him, like, hey, hey let's throw it up to the booth. Do ghosts poo? Yes. So uh, there's this woman that I follow on social media, and she's been a guest on my friend Allie Ward's podcast, and her name is Cole Imperi, and she's a thanatologist. She studies death. Maybe we could get a... Is, like, would a thanatologist be the the person? Because she studies death, nope. I don't know that she knows about ghosts, though. I feel like we need like a Harry Potter person for some, for the studying of ghost bowel movements. Yeah, um, I feel like ghosts. So if anybody out there, I feel like ghosts don't poo because do ghosts eat food? That's, that's another question we'd need to ask. Mm, yeah, that's again. These are way beyond our, our knowledge. <laughs> yeah, our brains can't beings. even can they can't even begin to. So yeah, you're right. No. All right. Do ghost poop. So sick- yeah. Go ahead. So, Allison, knowing that someone can have a clever handout yeah. uh, at their funeral, is there anything that you'd <clears throat> specifically want to hand out? So, I started thinking about this, and then I began to resent the question, and here's where I ultimately arrived. I do not want to have to deal with another thing on my list that I have to be clever about and that I have to handle, okay? When I die, Uh, I'm done with having to come up with clever party favors, okay? Can't I just be done? Do I have to be like, oh, remember all the fun stuff she did in life and then remember the final fun gesture she did? What a card she was, always thinking of us, even in death. Oh my gosh, that's so much pressure, Todd. It's too much pressure. But you have a lot of time. I know. To think I, about that. I guess so. So I guess what I'm saying is nothing is coming to my mind immediately, but I, you're right. I mean, and thank you for predicting that I will have a long life. Yeah. I, I do now feel like Gracie Perryman's grandmother has like really set the bar high, it's a high bar to clear. So I got to think of something. I don't know. Like, I mean, the first thing that popped to my mind is like fruit roll-ups. And I don't even like fruit roll-ups at all. They stick in your teeth. And like they're, so I don't, see, I guess I'm just in mom mode that I'm like, here, have a fruit fruit roll-up. That makes no sense. So I'm probably not, you know, in therapy, they're always like, 
your automatic thought go with your first your first thought. So I'm not going to go with my first thought because a fruit roll up would be terrible at my funeral. Yeah, I need yeah, to Al- think Al- on Allison, it. Allison, uh, yeah. yeah, this is this is a funeral, Allison. <laughs> this is not an AYSO so- game. It's not a soccer game. Orange slices, yeah. orange wedges. Yeah, I mean, it's like like I'm saying, it's a lot of pressure, Todd. What what are you? Do you know what you're going to hand out? Well, one thing, because I kind of thought that when I die, it's probably going to be like that third week in September when it's always like super hot in LA. You already are planning the time of year that you're going to go. No, I just think it's a good time to go because okay, I I don't I don't really like the holidays that much. Uh, Halloween fun, yeah. Thanksgiving cool. The whole Christmas and the putting all that together and the shopping and that you can only do it wrong. I, uh, I like right. summertime. So I feel like I, I really enjoy summer. I don't get stressed about everything that's happening. I usually get sick in the beginning of the mm-hmm. fall. You know, so it's like right before, but, it, yeah, but it's you, also a hot week. <clears throat> well, you will so be getting, everybody's you will be getting yeah. sick and that's what what made you are you trying to like die before you get sick or are you saying you will die mm. from being sick? Uh, I'm going to die before I get sick. Okay. G- smart. <laughs> yeah, you don't want to be alive no, to mean, get I'll, sick. It's I'll the ultimate like being sick. Heart. Okay. Yeah, 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 it is. Uh but but it's not a, you know, my death would be like heart failure or, you know, big coronary, I don't know. Sure. But it's going to happen right at that week and it's going to be really hot out and so then people are going to have like fans and it's going to mm-hmm. have like a picture of me, like the, my face. And then on the back like the back of my head just like hair and bald spot. Mm-hmm. And then people could sit and fan themselves when they're in the sweltering heat. And they're like, oh, it was such a miserable funeral, you know? Right. Um, I was thinking maybe also like all of the recipes that I've kept secret. Oh, Todd's secret recipes. That's a good time to reveal that. Yeah. Like, you know, oh, that's how he made his bolognese. That's that was the secret, that extra carrot he put in that bolognese sauce. Oh, that's a really good idea. What about putting yeah. the recipe on the fan? Uh, well, there's a couple there's multiple recipes. Like I have a chicken piccata that everybody raves about. Um my famous white boy tacos. <laughs> I mean, I guess I gotta wait till you die to find out what's in them. Yeah, so if you, yeah, like if you had my white boy tacos, you'd be like, what is that sauce? Hint, it's McCormick's. Really? Okay. Yeah, that 99 cent McCormick stuff, you know? In a packet? That's, yeah, the, the that packet that's in my famous white boy tacos with the crunchy shell. Got it. Okay. You know, can't, can't tell you the rest of it. Yeah, sounds you have to wait. highly gourmet. Okay, I see. That's nice. I think that's nice. That gives something, something for people to look forward to. Yeah, and you know what? And if people know there's going to be secrets revealed at my, yeah. my funeral, they'll be more likely to attend. Because you'll be like, oh, Todd's funeral, he's dead. What does it matter? Because right. it's not like he's he, not going to know. He, yeah. Be, oh, secrets will be revealed. You're right. You know? I got to incentivize people to come to my funeral. Mm-hmm. Hmm. It's a lot, it is a lot of pressure. Yeah. One thing I don't like about the Ouija board thing. Mm. And that's the suggestion, you know, like somebody dies and everybody's standing around the coffin and then someone turns and they go, you know what, she's she's gone physically, but she's always going to be with us, mm-hmm. you know? And my head immediately goes to, there's sometimes I want to be alone and there's some things 
some events in my life that I don't think grandma, I don't, I, I, I'd want grandma to be watching. Oh, okay. You know, I'd like grandma to be innocent of certain behaviors, mm. right? And the idea that someone dies and can watch you in perpetuity, yeah. or there's a team of ancestors, you know, right, uh, that are sitting there, even ones I didn't know, like people from, you know, the 1800s that came over from Liverpool or whatever, or, that I didn't even know, are sitting there watching me because they died. And they're like, oh, it's my great, great, great grandson. Oh, look, you know. He's meditating naked on a bath mat. Right. You don't want them to see that. Or worse. Upworthy Weekly. I don't know. I don't know. Gets no worse than that. Twelve things every American has in their house, according to non-Americans. So uh, this is Heather Wake that writes for us. Uh, she found this amazing Reddit discussion that uh, people were talking that aren't American. We're talking about things you'll find in an American kitchen. Um, Self-described non-Americans listed things that would be found in every American home. And a lot of the responses could remind Americans what they might take for granted. Whether it's the ever-expanding variety of foodstuffs or appliances that make everyday life easier. Um, and my thought was, after reading this list, it's like, wait, this isn't an American thing? This isn't like an everybody thing? Hmm. I so I thought I'd go over the list... I go over the list with you, Allison, and then you'll say, oh, yeah, got me, or no. Okay. Whether, you know, you you have this in your kitchen right. uh, or you don't. Okay. Um, I'm ready. Uh, Secrets will be revealed, one. and I'm not even dead yet. <laughs> I know. Now no one has any reason to go to your funeral. I know. Number nine, I'm not telling. <laughs> <laughs> I know. McCormick's taco spice? You're not getting that out of me till I'm dead. Uh, number one, barbecue sauce. We do have that. Yes. Yeah. How many bottles of barbecue sauce do you have? Do you have multiple so, varieties? Okay, I don't actually use it. However, my kids like to dip their chicken nuggets in it. So we have probably like two or three bottles of different kinds of bottles of it. And then we have like the little dip packets from McDonald's. So that's we have an array of barbecue sauces. Okay. Uh, uh, me too. I have uh, Sweet Baby Ray's mm. barbecue sauce. And I think I just bought that because I like the name Sweet Baby Ray's. It's a cute name. Yeah. Yeah. And then I have Sweet Baby Ray's Hawaiian barbecue sauce. Which is like sweet and a little pineapple-y. Mm -hmm. Yeah. yeah. Yep. Um, I think those are the only... And then I think there might be just some like random like mesquite stuff that right. I bought because I just I went to the liquor store because I was out and it was like the only type they had yeah you know but how often do you uh, find yourself using it because like I said I, I don't ever use it but the kids do well you know the other day I made my kid like the you know the Tyson nuggets or whatever mm -hmm. you make in the oven and I make them in the oven because I'm a, I'm a good parent okay I don't <laughs> microwave them I'm a bad parent I microwave them Daniel will air fry them I just microwave the kids my kids don't care though Air fried is good, but then, then your house smells like it for like four weeks. Yeah. You can't get... Once you air fry something... Like if you air fried a thing of fish, it's gone. It's in your drywall. <laughs> it's, it's not getting yeah. out. It's like you have a dead animal now. It's like, yeah. Did a squirrel die in here? <laughs> uh, the, oh, I forgot what I was saying. Yeah, so... But I always, when I make the chicken nuggets, I make like three extra, and mm. then I, I eat those, and I put gotcha. a barbecue sauce on Okay. All right, I see. 
uh, my kid eats them dry because he's a cowboy, you know. Uh, next thing is, now this is weird. Now this is another thing I'd assume they have in every home, mm-hmm. and I don't know how you'd survive without it. And they said, a switch that when you flick it turns your sink into a blender. They're talking about a garbage disposal. Uh, and I grew up with one like that. We now have, I think it's called an airlock. This is the first house I've had that has that. So it's like a button, uh, in front of the sink that you push and that turns on the garbage disposal. And I dislike it because water gets trapped in it and then it starts, you know, like stale water, which is one of my least favorite smells. It starts to smell and it gets nasty. Um, however, when I lived in, in, in New York, they don't have garbage disposals. So, uh, yeah. And it's an uh, I, I prefer having a disposal. So yeah, that is not that is a, a not 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 everywhere has garbage disposals. I am aware of this. No, that, this is mm-hmm. weird to me. Why why wouldn't you? Well, I, I do not know. I don't know. Two hundred eighty bucks. Most of the world can afford that. No, it's not. And- yeah, I know it's not a cost thing. I think it must have to do with a sewer line thing, a plumbing issue. Okay. Yeah. Also, someone we need just like on call, a plumber, a plumber possibly yeah. for go do ghosts poop. They might know that. Yes, good good point. Right. What, what, there's only three people living here. Why is it so backed up? <laughs> well, it's like the ghost. Probably, probably. Uh, yeah. Ghosts and ghosts also uh, use feminine products. <laughs> uh oh! Real quick, I once had a roommate, and. He did about the dumbest thing I could ever imagine. There was no garbage disposal in this place, but suddenly the the sink was stopped up. We're like, wow, geez, you know what? What's what? What could be the problem? Right. And so we had our landlord came out that we used to call the KGB, and uh, she she came in and they started doing the plumbing, and it was like three feet full of pipe that was backed up because my idiot roommate <laughs> dumped a whole thing of pasta. <laughs> Down and just sink. put it down the sink. Yeah, and it oh, got no. wet. And it, oh, that's so gross. Exp- <laughs> so she's just pulling out oh, like, noodles. this pasta. Yes. No, you flush that down the and toilet I- if you're not going to throw it out. Come on. Rookie mistake. <laughs> <laughs> I just sat there like as, you know, it was like opening Al Capone's vault, you know, and I was like, what's in there? Is it pasta? <laughs> she, the, the landlord just sat there. <laughs> morons that's hilarious never... another thing is the popcorn setting on their microwave oh interesting yeah we have that seldom used yeah, the... but yeah I, they don't make we we microwave popcorn all the time and i guess they don't microwave popcorn in other places it's like do they have the big popcorn popper or do right. they have that the tin foil thing, thing the... right huh this is i will have to ask one of our european listeners Another another thing we need behind us is a European. Yeah. My word, this is a gigantic team we're compiling, but we yeah. need it, yeah. Like some, I don't know, some girl that's like, yes, when I went to uni, mm-hmm. they talk about going to uni all the right, time. It's right. Europeans in there, went to uni. Um, let's see, uh, apparently Americans are rather fond of pickles and peanut butter. Is that a fair assumption to make? We have both. Uh, I mean, yes. I don't I don't know if we have any pickles right now. And we do have a little bit of peanut butter. We don't always have... Well, we do always have peanut butter. My kids don't eat peanut butter. Actually, 
let me rephrase. Mm. They both, you can't have any nut products at either of their schools. However, we do have some peanut butter left over from when we needed to like give pills to the dog. However, now we use pill pockets, but there always is some peanut butter in our house. Yes. And, uh, oftentimes there are pickles in our house. What about your house? We got pickles because we like to put put them on salami sandwiches. And now here's, of course, of course we have peanut butter, Mm -hmm. but, and we use Skippy all natural. Okay. Okay. Which I, I'm a GIF. We're we're GIF people if we're going to have peanut butter. Sorry. I'm so, oh my God, the the look you're giving me, my word. Yeah. Where did Pa play banjo? That's all I'm saying. GIF. Um, my my question is is and this is a this is a deal breaker. This could this could end the show from going to a year. Smooth. Thank oh oh thank lord. Okay, thank the lord. Crunchy peanut butter. Oh, creamy. Yeah, yeah. I love the creamy creamy stuff. Now is the all natural the kind you have to stir though, because it separates. No, I think they just say that. I think it's, it's probably just as fake as the rest. Okay, of it. good. You know, it's you know, it's funny at your kid's school because of the nut allergy, mm-hmm. they can't bring anything but nuts. Right. I like the way my kids do it, and they isolate the kids with the oh, nut allergies. They so, just put them in their their gawk their to be gawked at table. Yeah, they they they're like you know what they need is plexiglass around them, but they don't do that. But they just have a little nut free table that yeah. they keep out there. I'm like ah. Huh? Why ruin everybody's time? You know. Right. So your kid can bring a peanut sandwich, uh, a peanut butter sandwich to school, peanut butter and jelly, or what, or what have you. Oh, he could bring like a whole New York City nut cart and start heating <laughs> them up and passing them. He, out. he could be nuts for nuts, but well, that's I feel bad for the kids with nut allergies though, because usually, so oftentimes the allergies they're so sensitive that like just nut dust in the air could get them. Is my understanding? Oh, they're. they're f- they're really isolated. Okay. They're far three, away. 30 yards away from the rest of the children. Okay. Um, let's see here. Uh, next one is uh, the washing machines where you put everything in the top. We have a front loader currently, yeah. but uh, yeah. in the past, I have had top loaders. Yeah. We're, we're a front loader yeah. family too. Yeah. Let's see here. Uh, next one. This is great. A sofa that faces a studio audience. <laughs> and when you, wa- when you walk in the room, you hear applause. <laughs> That's silly. Uh, next is large quantities of over-the-counter drugs in huge bottles. Like a three ninety nine Costco thing of ben- 500 Benadryl and like 500 ibuprofen. Like those big, huge, gargantuan pill things. Um. I mean, it's making because now this is where my mind went. You know, those gigantic things of like a gigantic tub of mayonnaise, a gigantic tub of mustard, a gigantic tub of ketchup that like if you go to Costco and you get a hot dog, you'd be like, I'm like, are there pill containers that are that big? Because we don't have anything that big, but we do have the jumbo pack. Like we do have large quantity size bottles of over. I guess I guess the answer is yes, we do have that. Yeah. Do you? We don't. We don't. We don't. Oh. We were small pill. Really? Lowercase p pill people. Do you just yeah. not take them I very used, often? I think so. That I just enjoy going to the store often and, mm. and overpaying. 
Yeah. You uh, really you really are overpaying. Yeah. Uh number eight, ranch dressing. Yes, we have that. How many different kinds? So we have like a squeezy thing of uh Hidden Valley Ranch, and then we have a couple um little like on the side containers of ranch from a salad that Daniel had ordered. So just just two. Okay. My feeling yeah. is that you, the store bought ranch never tastes as good though. It's for the kids. No. It's again it's again it's for their their nugget habit. Yeah. I you know it's not as good as like if you go to Islands and get mm-hmm. like their french fries and then they have that yeah. like really smooth ranch dressing. Right. Like not not the not the, not like the thick stuff but like the kind of runny stuff. Mm-hmm. Like that's where it's at. Mm-hmm. Now I was having a fight, not a fight, but a discussion with my wife uh the other day we were remarking about how much we enjoyed the dressing at islands and <laughs> and okay you know, we're having a really in-depth heart-to-heart yeah, conversation sure. and i told my wife i said i think that like ranch dressing i never heard of it until like 1990 mm. and then it was everywhere okay it was like it didn't exist and then once it existed, it became ubiquitous overnight. Like once Edward R. Ranch or whatever made his first dressing and came out, it was just, it was like Sriracha, where, you know, overnight, like Sriracha was just everywhere. Yeah. You right. know, before that, it was only kind of in certain ethnic communities. They kind of, it, it didn't really escape to the mainstream. Right. Right. This is, okay. And what did she say? She said, no, it was always in my house. And I go, no, there was no ranch dressing pre like 1989. It just came out of nowhere. This This is interesting because a story that I tell on my podcast oftentimes is I was sitting around with my two best friends from high school who I thought were my very good friends and I think they were. However, my friend Jen turned to Katie and me and these are their real names and I have a high school reunion coming up in June and I'm going to see both of them and maybe I'll ask what did you mean by this Jen and Jen said what's your guys's favorite salad dressing and I said ranch and Jen said that yeah that that figures or like yeah that makes sense Whoa. some it was maybe it wasn't that figures because that's so aggressive it was like yeah, that makes sense. And I said, what do you mean? And she said, it's a trendy dressing. Mm. <laughs> Have you ever, Todd Perry? Ooh. I mean, it was a real, like, excuse. Like, if I, had seen, if I had seen all the TikToks I've seen now on how to deal with passive-aggressive comments, I think I would. I should have been like, did you really just say that to me? Or, like... Or maybe something like, yes, I do enjoy a trendy dressing. Or, you know, there's lots of tips now for how to deal with that. But anyway, I have often wondered, what does that mean? Is she suggesting I was like a, a bandwagon jumper? And also, I never thought of ranch as a trendy dressing. <clears throat> but <clears throat> excuse me. But what you're saying adds ballast to her point that it was a trendy dressing. Now, I don't want to argue with you. However, I'm more like your wife in that I don't remember a time that ranch didn't exist. Sorry. But it didn't. It, I mean, you know, I, you may, sure. you may not w- recall, you yeah. know. Um, it just, it, it happened overnight. Okay. It's like, 
Bam. It was it was like Crystal Light. Whenever Crystal Light came out, they came out at the same time. <laughs> well, we need uh, like a food historian on our panel too because they could talk to us about that. Yeah, like a craft air or something. We used to go to this restaurant. Do you know Coco's? You grew up around here. Oh, yeah. We used to go to, oh, Co- yeah. my mom and my sister and I would go to Coco's. Uh, and I know that they would like tell, uh, so what kind of salad dressings? And it would be like French oil and vinegar, Thousand Island. I don't know if they called it Roquefort or blue cheese, but my mom would always order Roquefort. But I feel like they had ranch too at that time. And this was a long time ago. Um, and I'm going to take your word for it that ranch didn't exist at a certain point. Upworthy Weekly at Upworthy.com. Um, if you know about ranch. And next time when we do like a Patreon-only show, I'll tell you my Coco's story. You have a Coco's story? I have a Coco's story. Oh, I can't wait. Okay. We can't. We, can't, we don't have the time right now. We don't have no, the time. No. Like, when we, like when they end up doing like Upworthy Weekly Nights, you know, like they had Baywatch Nights where they <laughs> had like, you know, their detectives. <laughs> when yeah. they do Upworthy Weekly Nights where we get into like the dark details of things. Okay. You know? Cool. Tell my Coco story. Um, number nine, plastic bag filled with plastic bags. We don't keep our... Oh, wait a minute. <clears throat> I'm trying to think mm. if we still mm. have that. Occasionally it, gets th- occasionally it gets thrown out and I'm like, why are we getting rid of this? We need this. So in essence, yes. We might not technically have that in our kitchen right now, but I wish we did. Do you have that? Yeah, I think anybody who lives in California where yeah. or at least I know LA County or whatever you have to um you have bring to bring your own, your own bags, shopping bags yeah. or that or you buy it or, and if you the thing is if not you can buy them but you feel this I feel this terrible shame if I didn't bring my bags. Right. And you know I'm yeah. like, oh god. When you're walking I into hate- the store and you're like, "Oh, I forgot my bags." Yeah. Yeah, like, "Oh, they're in the car." I can I mean I could walk out there. <laughs> I could just Buy more. 40 cents. Yes. Yeah. Um, And finally, number 10, eggs in the fridge. Yes. They keep them out in Europe? I think so. I think they leave them on the counter, which seems like they'll go bad, right? Right. Yes. Speaking of TikTok, I remember seeing a TikTok about this. When eggs, evidently, and do your own research, but when eggs come out of the chicken, they have some kind of protective coating on them that we wash off here, but it keeps them fresh for longer. So maybe they're not washing that off there. Also, I feel like if you don't put them in the refrigerator, they're going to become chickens and you're going to have a real problem on your hands. Okay. <clears throat> We're going to need a, uh, someone who can teach, Gre- uh, Greg, excuse me, who can teach Todd biology as well. That's not how it works. I'll, when we do when we do uh, our after dark, I'll explain it. Mm-hmm. Upworthy Weekly special guest right now. Uh, it's Patrick Hamilton from the Kill by Kill podcast, and this continues with a Halloween theme we've had going on the show for the last couple of weeks. Uh, most notably, last week I gave my Halloween recommendations Ooh. for Allison. Okay, uh, because we did it. There was a story where. We found that I, I like how Patrick's like, oh, Todd giving Halloween. No, I, I'm I'm intrigued. I'm leaning into this, Todd. Yeah, they were shocking. It, it would be it would be everything you've told me to watch. No, <laughs> we did a thing last week where uh, 
Alan, we, we learned that watching horror films is actually good for curbing anxiety. Mm-hmm. So then I gave Allison a list of some films that she could mm-hmm. watch to kind of curb her own anxiety. Five uh, specific that- movies for me that he thought would be good for my own anxiety. Sure. Uh-huh. Um, and they were surprising. Yeah, go ahead, Todd. Yeah. I, I mean, yeah, they were surprising. They were more like, you know, the name of her dog, Wendy, is going to eat my face. Mm-hmm. Uh, very much my my husband Daniel's gonna kill me in my sleep. It was a bunch of stuff like it. <laughs> well, at least you go in your sleep. The, I mean, that's. The I way remember you go the out. names of it. So it started with Fresh, that movie about cannibalism. <laughs> sure, yeah, which exists. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I've been thinking I would like to see it, but I don't know if I can handle it. And then it was Wendy ate my face, and I was like, that's weird because I have a dog named Wendy. And then it turned out it was about a Cavalier King Charles Spaniel, which is weird as well because that's what my dog is. But I still was like, that's strange that no one mentioned that movie to me. Mm-hmm. And then it was the Burbank Strangler, which is even weirder because I live in Burbank. And yeah. then it was Daniel killed me in my sleep. And then I was like, okay, wait a minute. And then Crypto it was mind. die, Allison Rosen, die. And I thought, <laughs> now if this one really exists, I think I would know about it. Certainly someone in an SEO firm would have connected you, would, you to this at some point. You would think, right. Yeah. But still, I'm, I've been looking for these movies, Todd. Any day now, they should arrive on Blu-ray. Some of them star a tortoise that's in his backyard, so. <laughs> right. Yes. And, and my son and mm-hmm. uh, my wife. Uh, and and Patrick, yes. you know, Pat, we need somebody to come over here, put on that Mike Myers mask. Uh, <laughs> so Patrick here, Patrick has a great show called Kill by Kill, uh, where he goes over classic horror films, cult horror films, and kind of analyzes them. It does really deep dives them. It's a great show. Personally, I love the Jaws three episode, yeah. and I'm about to crack into Psycho two. But uh, Patrick also lives up the block from me, and uh, I figured yeah, he'd be great to make some recommendations that are, quote, upworthy related. If there's a such thing as an upbeat horror film. I think there are things about, and you've explored them in previous episodes, about uh, how it can help you get past things. Certainly for me, I was an incredibly fearful child to the point in which just things that didn't set other people off were the bane of my existence, such as the concept of the prairie. Not the prairie itself. I'd never been. I grew up in Glendale. But the concept of the prairie, just the open expanse, nothing around you, making your own flower, all of these things scared the living hell out of me. And then, of course, the the great one that I always use is the theme to the Pink Panther, the Henry Mancini, very jazzy tune. Uh, but it's also meant to evoke a, a jewel thief entering your house you know, and not waking you up. So it's very creepy in that sense. And it, it, it crawled into my brain one night. <laughs> and I, whenever I heard it, like goose flesh went up my back. I just like, oh my God, it's the Pink Panther. It, it's not a cartoon cat to me for whatever reason. It's a very scary man entering the domicile. <laughs> um, then again, I did grow up, in, as I said before, in Glendale and during the heyday of the the night stalker and my mom said if i slept in the downstairs den area on saturdays which i did so i could watch saturday night live uh she said if i did that i would probably be killed by the night stalker 
that's oh that, that was God. a probable on the percentage scale it was above 50 <laughs> it was real i was getting it so. but i like that she was so calm about the fact that like yeah he's gonna enter our home pick off our kid who's in the downstairs bedroom but we're gonna be snoozing yeah like babies no. upstairs upstairs Perfect, because as we all know, the Night Stalker, like like certain politicians, yeah. hated stairs, could not right. climb them. <laughs> <laughs> like like a vampire can't cross a river; right. he can't go upstairs. He needs yeah. to be inv- invited in. She just um, did not like be sleeping downstairs. See, it's fascinating to me that you were such a fearful child. I see. I also fearful relating to all of this, but for mm. me, I turned into an, a fearful adult to a lesser degree, but who avoids horror movies. But you host a podcast about them and are clearly into them. That's fascinating to me. As a kid, in order to conquer this, I went to my my school's library and they had a set of what were called Crestwood books, which were black and white books with orange spines on them. And they featured all these monsters, the, the Dracula, Frankenstein, the Wolfman, uh, Godzilla, and I figured if I had knowledge about these things, the very ideas of them, and I could study them, then I would understand them and then I would get past it. And as a side pro, you know, the, the byproduct of this, uh, I grew to just adore universal monsters. And that's where my, and then I found uh, Fangoria magazine and I could see how these makeup effects in Friday the 13th and Nightmare on Elm Street were made mm. and that just engaged me on an intellectual level of wow these magic tricks how how amazing they are and from that standpoint I just loved horror movies from even though I could not access them I was my my parents were uh, very strict and so my and I was the firstborn so I was an experiment so they were going to make sure that I didn't turn out wrong uh, and they failed spectacularly <laughs> and uh, um my obsession from horror grew from there to just dispel my own fears. I see. So like you drowned the fear in knowledge and facts. Yes. If I could fill in all the cracks of the unknown, Mm -hmm. then they would not be so scary. I could intellectualize what the creature from the black lagoon was. I couldn't just stare at the poster and go, Oh my God, that has to be the most frightening thing that has ever been. (laughs) You know, now my son sleeps in a bedroom with a, creature from the black lagoon poster because he does not have the same manias that i did growing up thank goodness for him with me it was my i remember my sister and my mother they went to therapy like family therapy and then i i guess i was fine so they just like left me <laughs> fine in the library that the expense yeah. wasn't necessary <laughs> you skated right an extra 30 bucks for the for the mm. boy child no he'll be fine hey, but and there was a there was a book like the the novelization of the film The Elephant Man. Oh, okay. And I that just sat there on the shelf by where I'd sit. And I'd sit there and again it's what does he look like beneath mm-hmm. the hood and the whole bit? And then it became nightmares. And then mm-hmm. it became when I was 15 going, mm-hmm. okay, I'm going to rent the David Lynch movie and just sat there like with a blanket in front of my face and then loved it and was like, oh, it's Kind of a dark comedy. Right. But so, uh, Patrick, yes. for our audience out here who may not be big time into horror, but they want to get into the Halloween season, mm-hmm. uh, what are some, quote, upworthy horror films you could turn them on to? Well, I thought about this in terms of what are stories that, while they deal with the um, 
inside the horror genre, which is a big accordion. You can fit all sorts of things into it. It could be a Western. It could be an action film. There's sci-fi. There's romance. Fresh was mentioned earlier. I think that's very much a romance. Bones and All, which is coming out soon, is also another cannibal romance. They're big this year. Everyone wants one. It's like the, the asteroid in yeah. 1997. <laughs> um, yeah. But these are, are inspirational stories within that horror film. There, There's a core where someone transforms themselves through this experience and there's really something you can gain by their journey, whether they are the hero or the villain. So I would start, and let's go back to horror's heyday here, the 1980s, and I'm going to give you one of my personal favorites that I think everyone should watch, but most people don't even know exists, and that is the sequel to 1980s Prom Night. It's called Hello, Mary Lou, Prom Night 2. Um, it's intensely Canadian. It was not filmed to be a sequel to Prom Night. They were just using the Hamilton High as a reference uh, within the film. But it turned out that the distributors are like, this is going to make more money if we make it a Prom Night sequel. And so really, it's the story of Mary Lou Maloney, who is like James Bond. Like, women want to be her, men want to be with her. And some of the women want to be with her, too. And she's cool with it. For 1950, she's really progressive. And it tells the story of a woman who wants to be prom queen. And she's not going to let the fact that her boyfriend lit her on fire in front of all of her classmates at prom stop her from that goal. So many years later, when someone happens upon her tiara and becomes possessed with her spirit, (laughs) guess what she does? She becomes prom queen, and it doesn't matter how many people she has to kill to get to it. It is fantastic. It's made for like two dimes rubbed together real hard, but there's so much creativity involved in it. It's funny. It's it's weirdly progressive in all these ways. It's deeply queer. It's fantastic. There's uh, a lot of Nightmare on Elm Street going on to it because it's kind of coming up in the post-Nightmare boom, and... It, it's it's a delight. It's an absolute delight. And it was one of those USA Up All Night movies that I used to watch all the time. And in an unedited form, it's even better. And it was kind of gone. It, it was on DVD that it went out of print. And now, unfortunately, for whatever reason, the just whoever owns the rights to it won't put it on Blu-ray. But you can find it. It's on Shudder. It is on Amazon Prime. It might even be on Tubi, the great holy grail that is Tubi. They'll put anything on Tubi. It's great. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I, if I can get people to watch one thing today, it would be Hello, Mary Lou, Prom Night 2. You will not be disappointed. All right. Hello, Mary Lou, Prom Night 2. What's yes. another one? What's our next one? Well, let's stay in the 80s a little bit, and let's talk about a slasher movie that's not quite a slasher movie. It's called April Fool's Day. It's a weird follow-up to Friday the 13th. And it's just the story of a woman, you know, she's a small business owner who's just trying to make the, the best product she possibly can. And she just has to murder some people in order to get some play for this new bed and breakfast that she's putting who together. can't relate to that? And it's a bit of a murder mystery. It has a lot of uh, pure 80s stars in it, you know, <laughs> that uh, you will instantly see and recognize. You're like, oh, oh, I know him. I know her. And it turns out to 
I don't know, the title might give it away as to the final resolution of April Fool's Day. You might think it is one thing and it turns into something else. So it is both a great horror film and also it's not a horror movie at all. It's just a great comedy. Uh, April Fool's Day is out there. I believe it is currently on Paramount Plus. It's also available to rent digitally and so forth. And uh, Scream Factory came out with a deluxe Blu-ray of it a little while ago. It looks amazing, and it is just a fun flick. Fun flick. Also, one I have not seen. April. At first, I was getting I was getting Meg Ryan vibes off it when you're like, "Oh, she just owns a small business," and I'm like, "Oh, cute!" Like the shop around the corner, and then and then I thought, "Oh, wait, bed and breakfast." I'm like, "Now I'm going Norma Bates mm. with things," but and it's Deborah Foreman from Valley Girl. So it's not far off from the the Meg Ryan vibes. I mean, talk about a, an incredible 80s star. Uh, Deborah Foreman plays a dual role in this motion picture. Uh, it's, it's really fun. It's just a fun romp of a horror film with just a touch of gore here and there. But it's not going overboard. Um, and it just fell into that 1986 horror hole because there was so many great horror films in 1986. That's the year of aliens and the fly. And I could keep going and going and going. And it just, it was too much horror product at any one t- given time. And it just somehow missed the mark. Horror fans said it w- didn't go far enough. Comedy fans are like, I don't know that I want it in my horror. Nowadays, when you know what you're <laughs> going to get, you're going to have a lot better time with it. Are these movies going to give me nightmares? Someone who cannot watch, who like is, is very, um, Prone to fearful, them. prone, yeah. prone to. Oh, well, so actual like gore or something like that. I don't. You know, I was able to. Like my husband is always like, "How can you watch Law and Order SVU or how can you watch Dexter <laughs> or something yeah. like that?" Yeah, I think something like that's like straightforward. You know, black and white, something like that. I, I can handle. It's things that are psychologically disturbing or sadistic. Mm. That is th- things that are upsetting that get under my skin and then bother me. Well, I would say with these first these first couple, you're not going to have that problem because okay. they're very comedy forward. Mm-hmm. So you're having a lot of laughs with them. They're not taking themselves too seriously, just seriously enough. And they're laden with great characters. On Kill by Kill, we, we always say we are the, the one show that delves into the topic that people don't talk about in horror, and that is the characters. Because right. so many of these characters are pins just meant to be knocked down. Mm-hmm. And it it asks the actor and filmmakers very important questions. How are you going to make these people memorable? How are they going to stand out for that brief period of time before they disappear forever from the film? And these films do something that is unique in that they make those characters stand out. Some are good guys, some are bad guys, but they're all interesting and they pop. And I think that makes a horror movie more than just the... Um, prototypical slasher in which you have a lot of people who just are horrible until they're no longer in the film. Um, We've covered those (laughs) two, but these films, uh, this is what I like in a good slasher is our characters that you, you, you grow to either like or love them because of what they do. And then when you're, they're gone, you're like, Oh, I liked that person or that, that person was funny. Uh, if we're progressing here, let's go to the 1990s uh, and a film that is harder to find 
but is it also fits this this sort of vein. It's called Doctor Giggles. Now, oh. no one wants to be defined by their medical condition. Certainly not Jennifer, <laughs> who's the main hero in this film. She doesn't want to let her heart condition stop her, you know, from living life. Uh, and if that means she has to reject the very aggressive and deadly medical advice of one Arthur J. Giggles, M.D., uh, she, that's what she's going to do. And Dr. Giggles is this incredible one-off slasher that happens after the big 80s boom, but before Scream brings it back. It's kind of lost in time, but it is a delightfully well-made motion picture. It has... Uh, the lady from Shanghai reference in the middle of it that you're like, Oh my, Oh, this is a movie movie. And, um, it has probably one scene that is one of the most bonkers elements I've ever seen introduced into a movie halfway through. It just it, to, to describe it would be to give it away. But I promise you, if you make it halfway through this movie, it's going to give you, <laughs> A, a, an introduction to a character that you will never forget. Um, and it is an utter delight from the, the first uh, frame to the final uh, all the way through. It's great. I always figured that Dr. Giggles would be like a guy you bought pot from in Venice Beach <laughs> when you used to have a, a doctor's note and you go mm -hmm. in there like, oh, just go see Dr. Giggles over there yeah. on the Strand. He'll, he'll I think you've you got some branding. Listen, if you can clear it with Universal, why not? They're a big corporation. They need a weed arm. Sure, why not? <laughs> yeah. I'm sure they forgot about Dr. Giggles as well at this point. I wish they wouldn't. It's such a fantastic film. I mean, it does nothing for them. And it did nothing at the time. It just landed at a fallow period. But it's such a well-lensed motion picture. It looks beautiful. and Everyone's committing to the bit. Uh, we did a two-parter on it. That's how much we love it around here. It's just... Uh, a much better movie than you would ever think it to be. And I wish people would rediscover it. It's a lot of fun. Well, I'd like to thank Patrick Hamilton for coming on Upworthy Weekly and giving us some actual real horror films that our audience can get turned on to. <laughs> um, how can people follow you? What's, what's the best way to uh, keep up with you after this? Well, uh, we're on all the socials on 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 Twitter at Kill by Kill Pod. Uh, we have a Facebook group. We we're on Instagram at Kill by Kill Podcast. Um, go to the link tree, and you will find our Patreon and all of our episodes. We have 250 episodes for people to listen to. We talked about the entirety of the Friday the Thirteenth franchise. Uh, talked about every character in the order in which they died. Hence the title, Kill by Kill. So it took us two and a half years to get through all the people who died in a Friday the 13th movie. Uh, we've gone through Scream, Nightmare on Elm Street, The Exorcist. We're currently talking about Alien and Final Destination and a lot of fun episodes in between like Dr. Giggles and, and Prom Night 2. So uh, I, I, we're a, a fun little podcast that, that I, I think everyone who enjoys, enjoys horror movies but doesn't take them too seriously will enjoy. Excuse me. I know. Give me one more moment. I'm becoming <clears throat> very verklempt at all of this. <clears throat> Gross. No one came here to listen to that. But you know what they did come here to listen to? Uh, <clears throat> a breakthrough study that shows that 
Memories can be erased through simple sound cues. This is very Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless Mind, which, by the way, is one of my favorite movies that I haven't seen in a very Mm. long time. Uh, But this is a study that came out of the University of York. So they gave participants two pairs of words, uh, specifically, and I love these choice of words, Hammer Office or Hammer Cardi B. So while the, the 29 participants in the study were awake, they gave them either Hammer Office or Hammer Cardi B. And then they went to sleep in the University of York Sleep Lab at night, and they used you know, measuring tools to determine when they were in the deepest levels of sleep. And then they played wor- the words overlapping. Uh, and in the morning, either the uh, word pairs were more reinforced or they had sort of forgotten them. And what they were able to glean from this, and this is obviously like very, very early uh, use of this technology. They don't exactly know why it's working the way it's working. Um, So it's very nascent. But that there is a link between sound cues and memory. So if you sort of extrapolate you know, down the line, there could be an application where by playing certain sounds, you could help someone forget a traumatic memory. Obviously, that's down the line, but it's it's very exciting because there is this link that they have discovered. Yeah, I think it's I think it's I think it's cool that they can help people with trauma, but I think it also opens up a can of worms and that it's, it starts being like you can kind of cultivate your own memory about things mm-hmm. and that things which maybe aren't traumatizing, but just kind of cringy, people have removed or, you know, or you use it as like some kind of like manipulation tool. Yeah. Yeah. Or I could be, you know, like a guy, you know, a couple could be breaking up and, and then they'll be like, not only am I breaking up, but I'm going to remove every memory I've ever had of you. Right. Ooh. Well, that's like the eternal Ooh. sunshine of the spotless mind idea, kind of. Yeah. 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 Um, I mean, I don't think, I don't but, think it's there yet, but yeah. But what would be the harm? Well, just for the sake of argument, what would be the harm in doing that? Uh, I think that. Let's say I know that you're going to remove every th- every memory of me. Mm-hmm. That means that my behavior could be even more extreme and worse oh. because you're going to have me eliminated anyway. Right. So you may as well. This is like the plot of a movie, uh, but not the one we just mentioned because it's taking it further. Right. So you may as well like do whatever you want because nothing matters. Right. Or let's say you were the witness to a crime. Ooh. Right. And then you didn't want... Like, like the the guy who did it comes to you and's like, "Look, I wanna I wanna completely remove your memory of this," and you're like, "No," and he's like, "I'll give you five hundred bucks," and you're like, "All right, well, maybe not." And then he takes you some guy and you get some like back alley yeah. memory erasure. Right. right. I would need more than five hundred bucks, but I hear where you're going with that. Yeah. In or in this gig you, economy. Yeah. 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 <laughs> or you could remove your own. You could go do something bad and then forget about it. Right. So that you can't be called. So you can't be subpoenaed. Mm-hmm. Like I could, or um, you won't even feel bad about it, or you yeah. just like won't have any guilt. You know? Right, right. Or like you could hear your co-host make a list of the five worst vegetables, and you could be so upset at this list that it gets in the way of you 
co-hosting a show with him and you're coming on mm. your year mm. your year anniversary show and all you can mm. think about is like how could he do the ranking that way and you want to do a good show but you're just like mm. the ranking and he doesn't like the Mar- that Mariah Carey he's just wrong about Christmas music he hid mm. the fact that he has his tortoises and so you go to just have like your brain washed cleansed in a way but not brainwashed but like a, you know so you can have a good working relationship seems like a good idea you know, and maybe the technology can evolve far enough so that when people have to deal with people with massive negativity biases, <laughs> that they could just eliminate that part of their psyche. Like, let's go past memories. Let's go to personality traits, shall we? <laughs> oh, and then also he took he at the time that you abandoned me during a guided meditation. You abandoned me in a cave with a bear on a hammock, just up and left me. That was abusive. That was that was wrong. That that was not. I forgot about that. that I'm so already cute. starting to block it. That was just cruel. Yeah. I, I, you know, I, I would think that like there'd be embarrassing moments for my life. I'd like to forget about like when I was 14 and my friends caught me wearing women's jeans. <laughs> what was this? What were the circumstances? You know, when you go to the mall and you go to um, you know, like merry-go-round or whatever the, the store was, and you would have the, the girl's side and the boy's side. Mm-hmm. Back back when there was distinctions between genders, back in the <laughs> day. Yeah. Right. Um, and so I saw a pair of guest jeans with the red guest symbol. They're Not almost the, the same, right? It's hard to tell. And, you know, I, I, I these look cool. They're a little big in the butt, but, you know, they look cool. And then I went to my friend's house, and my buddy was like, "Dude, why do why do your pants have ankle zippers? <laughs> like the zippers that go all the way up." Yeah, no, and I was I like, never. "Oh, it's kind of cool, right? Like you unzip it and like kind of flares <laughs> out." Like, it's like those are girls' jeans, and I was like, "Oh no!" I mean, I didn't know. And I was talking them up like they were nice, and then um, I and now um, I'd, I'd actually have that memory removed from my friends as well. Yeah, yeah. Because so then I have to hear about it still. Uh, you know, nowadays though, you could just be like, "Yeah, I'm doing it on purpose, and I like them," and everyone would accept it, which is a good thing. Now that's progress. Yes. But I get 100%. that back then, that'd be a thing they would mock you for. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but then also, I think there could be positive parts of this. Like, think about like the first time you saw some great movie or the oh, first yeah. time you heard an album. You yeah. know, I remember I was talking to talking to some friends and it was like way late to the game. And this is this is the most dad thing to ever say. But I was like, I just heard Yankee Foxtrot Hotel by Wilco. And it was like 10, 15 years after the record came out and. And my friend Nancy was like, oh, how great it must be to like live through hearing that great record again for the first time. Or <laughs> and and I, then I thought, oh, you know, yeah, there'd be all sorts of things. Or, like, you know, the first time I rode Colossus or something. Mm-hmm. And you're like, oh, this is all new, you know. Yeah. You'd never get or bored. Or a whole bunch of... Yeah, a whole bunch of times when I had no self-awareness to think that I should not be singing in public, and I sang in public, and now I look back and I'm like, five years out of my life, I want no one to ever uh, know about. Oh, that's, that's kind of sweet, though. You had to find a lot Maybe. of people. 
Yeah. Oh, I'd, I'd have to start rounding people up. <laughs> oh, see, this is t- taking a dark turn. Oh, jeez. It's time to rate your week. Have something great happen this week that you just have to share with the world? Tell us about it by emailing us at upworthyweekly at upworthy.com. Allison Rosen on a scale of one through five. Number one being trash. Number five being prom night two. Hello, Mary Lou. <laughs> Rate your week. Uh, I'm going to give this week a three. Um, I think last week I mentioned that my... Did I mention that my kids were sick? I can't remember. But yeah. I, we cannot shake whatever sickness this is. It is not COVID according to all the rapid tests we've been taking. But I just feel like... I don't know if it's RSV, which I know is going around, um, but it's just like somehow, like my kids are going to school again, uh, but now Daniel is sick and I was sick, but now I'm better. Oh no, I was sick last time we did a show, I think. Um, And then I got better and now Daniel seems sick and then I like have, and I feel like he's giving it to me again, like my throat is tingling and I'm sneezing again a little bit and then my kids are like better and then they're worse and then I I don't know if this is what we get for and I'm sure that the pandemic people would say yes it is um for having been home for a year that you know our immune systems are just like susceptible to every germ that goes by or as you pointed out it's just the time of year but it's just like very frustrating um also because I was going to visit my parents this weekend and since my dad you know had 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 a heart attack I guess now it's it was at the, it was actually right before school started for Elliot. So it was in August, but he's still recovering. And like, I don't want to bring germs around him. So trying to do that calculation is difficult. Um, so yeah, I'm just, uh, tired of being sick. So I give it a three for that. However, I did, uh, some in-person shows this week because I'm living my life again. And that was wonderful. So that, that, you know, brought it up a little bit. Very cool. Yeah. And uh, real quick, to the audience, Upworthy Weekly at Upworthy.com, was it a plandemic or a scamdemic? Mm, yeah, let us know. But you know yeah. what, Todd, I am a better person. And when and that? when I became a better person, I thought, I'm mentioning this on the show, get this. So you know I have, I'm on Patreon, patreon.com slash Allison Rosen. You mentioned it before. That's where we're going to tell your Coco's story. Uh, mm-hmm. And so I do, you know, weekly monthly content and I was talking to someone else who's on Patreon uh, and this person schedules their content months in advance and I was like what months in advance are you insane and they were explaining that like by doing that it just frees you up like it frees you up to, you know, if you get busy, you don't have to worry. If you need to take a break, you don't, you know, like it's so much easier to not feel like you're always almost drowning. Now, I cannot imagine a universe where I'm scheduled months in advance, but it really started me thinking about how 
there's a lot of things in like I'm the kind of person who manually sets my alarm my alarm clock every single night. Like there's a lot of ways in which I could be automating my this is about productivity basically. There's a lot of ways in yeah. which I could be automating my life that I'm not at all. Like I basically each day I do every, you know all the things I have to do weekly I I do them each week as opposed to like automating any aspect of it. So the fact that it even got me thinking about what are some ways that I could like pull ahead. I feel like that's uh, has made me a better person. I like it. You know, sometimes small changes atomic on an atomic level. Yeah. 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 Uh, I, like I know it. it's my turn to ask you, but are you, are you like, wh- which one of us are you? Are you the me or are you this other person? I am the, I'm you. Okay. I am wishing I was more automated. Yeah. And that I could have more of my brain just free to think about things versus uh, re- rehashing the same stuff right. uh, over and over again. So, yes, I am a, <clears throat> you're a step ahead of me on this. I wish I could automate things more. Right. It's interesting because Daniel is someone who's like even more last minute than I am. So, I am, that person is to me as I am to Daniel, but it was like real eye opening eye opening that like, oh my God, there's like another way, which is to be like extremely type A, if if that's what we're gonna call it. Okay. And what about you on a scale of one being trash to five being uh oh no, Dr. Giggles. <laughs> How was your week? <laughs> uh let's see. You know, I, I was trying to think about whether it was a good week or not. And um, so I was like, what was bad? And I was like, okay, like I cut myself shaving. Mm. Um, I hadn't done that in years. I was I was like, it was like I was, you know, 19 again. And they called me Nick. And uh, <laughs> and made fun of your my, girl my, jeans. Yeah. Uh, I, my, my dog ate my Converse. Really? So that was bad. Oh my gosh, Archie. Got ongoing like my house after my house flooded and had mold issues of, and now contractor A comes over and contractor B comes over and the floor guy is talking to the AC guy and all that and then I'm coaching my kids AYSO team. I said that weird AYSO AYSO A AYSO. <laughs> Did you learn that at uni? Um, <laughs> In grade eleven. Yeah. After after I took my O levels. Um, No, A-Y-S-O team tied. We're 0-3 under my coaching Mm. and one tie. So that means we've lost three games and we tied one. Um, And then I spent a lot of time this week watching that Star Wars show Andor, and that's kind of meh. So that was kind of like weighing my week down. But on the plus side... I've been very productive this week. I had a whole bunch of stuff to get to, like lots of side work and other podcast stuff, and I got a lot of that done. Um, my kid had a lot of stuff going on this week that I think I handled correctly because my wife has been really nice to me all this week, like just overly nice. Like oh, I think it's one what's of those. What's she up to? Yeah, yeah. Who's? Yeah, this, this is the, the week we, in hindsight, it's like, oh, that's <laughs> it's the fireman she's been seeing. Um, and and then also today, a new Arctic Monkeys album came out. I was very excited about that. So that kind of shifted things the other way. So guess what, Allison? What? We're twins this, this, <gasps> this week. We're twinsies. Three? Having a three. Oh, my gosh. Three week. Love it. Love it. And are you a better person? Yeah. I think so. And it's because this week, I finally asked for help. 
What does that mean? Well, uh, as I kind of alluded to before, uh, I'm an AYSO coach. Yeah. AYSO. I never played AYSO. And I've never played soccer my whole life. I... I was assistant coach for my kids' team last year. Um, I really don't know that much about soccer, and I didn't learn about it at uni <laughs> or foot football. <laughs> Footy. And I I coached because like we needed coaches in order for my kid to play, and so then I kind of went. I've tried to watch all these videos, Allison. I've tried to be a good soccer coach, but you know what? I realized it's not my calling in life. Mm-hmm. Okay, that's okay. It's just not. That's okay. My damn thing. And so this week, and we have an assistant coach, but he's and he's very good, but he, he's he's not around a lot. And so finally, now the dads of the kids, they're all like they've coached multiple years. Mm. They grew up playing soccer their whole life. So just think about this. It's like if you're sitting there and you are sitting on the sidelines, and somebody who had never done a podcast was out there teaching children podcasting. Oh my god, you, it would kill me. Right. I'm out there. I'm doing my best. I'm watching the videos where it's like some Irish guy being like, hey, what you got to do is you kick the ball back to each other and then you shoot the football in the goal and you Manchester United, you know. And so I'm trying to like watch these videos. And honestly, I asked my wife, okay, I've been trying. I've been trying. But this week, I just like went over to the dads and I'm just like, hey, what do you think? You watched last game. What do we suck at? What do we need to work on? Oh, and then they had been talking with each other. Maybe we should do this. Maybe we should do that. And I'm like, well, why don't you tell me? Huh? And so then I asked for help. And I'm usually a do, do things myself kind of guy. Yeah. And we had a great practice. And hey, let, let's, win. let's win one. Come on, Green Raptors. Todd, that's great. Yeah. That's huge. It's yeah. it's big. It's molecular, bigger than atomic, even. Thanks, thanks. That's awesome. So you know, just got to get through this season, but you know, good job. I'm trying. I'd like to thank Patrick Hamilton for joining us on the show. Kill by Kill podcast. Check that out. I'd like to thank Allison Rosen for being on the show and putting up with me for almost a year. That's crazy. You're welcome. Congratulations to Marley the announcer. Upworthy Weekly was produced by Todd Perry. Follow Upworthy on all socials at Upworthy. Allison is on Twitter at Allison Rosen. And Todd at Todd A. Perry. That's Todd with one D. Questions, comments, or to tell us about your amazing week, email us at UpworthyWeekly at Upworthy.com. I'm Marley Balin. Have a great week.